This morning, I'm going to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter uh, 45, uh, verses 1 to 3. Uh, just, I guess it was early July, in my quiet time one morning, I came across this passage of Scripture. And while it's talking about historical context here, I really felt something stirring in my spirit spiritually, something that I believe can be applicable uh, for us as a church, as a church body. And uh, this is what Isaiah said. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of. Now, Cyrus was a pagan king, and yet God was anointing him for a special task to carry out, to to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. Then he says in verse 2, I will go before you and will level the mountains. You know, isn't it beautiful this morning that we have a God who goes before us and we face mountains and God helps us maybe sometimes to cross or maybe even to level the mountain before us. I will break down gates of bronze, those difficult times. I will cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. If you would turn with me also to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, New Testament reading. And uh, we're just going to look at verse 6 and 7 at the moment. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7. For God who said... Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we meditate on these scriptures this morning and other scriptures. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will anoint this word, O God, that it can penetrate to our heart. Lord, uh, I just lift up every individual in this room this morning, Lord, that we can discover something fresh and encouraging that will minister to our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, darkness could really be uh, defined as the absence of light. It's a kind of a logical conclusion. And dark places can be a very scary place. Uh, We take care of a grandson, and sometimes he's a little afraid of the dark. He doesn't want to go downstairs in the basement. But um, people, thankfully, have developed all kinds of artificial light to dispel the darkness. And You could come into this room that was completely dark and just have one tiny little candle, and just that one little light would dispel uh, a lot of the darkness in in the room. And it's amazing. Some of the uh, amazing flashlights are being developed today with the LED lights and so forth. And uh, when we take trips to Haiti, that's one of the things we take along, lanterns and flashlights. It's something uh, there when they are walking miles in the dark that they really appreciate. But you know, some of the most amazing things in the universe cannot be seen until there is darkness. And for example, the stars 
in the galaxy. I don't know if you probably can't see it so well here because of the light, but without, with the light, we can't see this. We were down at Pemaquid this week, and we slept in a bed upstairs, and we just leaned back and looked out at the beautiful stars in the sky. Mission, uh, Millie and I were missionaries in Belize for 11 years, and um, it was many, many years ago when our children, our children basically grew up there. And uh, we would drive out to the village and coming home where there's absolutely no interference of city lights, our boys would like if we would stop, turn off all the lights of the car, and you look up and you just see these incredible stars. I remember one time our youngest son, Steve, I think he was around five or six. He said, now I think I understand a little bit what Abraham felt when God said to him to look up at the sky and see the stars that your, uh, that your generations will be as numerous as the stars in, in, the, uh, in the sky. So uh, here's another picture of stars. Uh, with Ho uh, Hubble Telescope now, if you go online, you can get these incredible pictures that they're seeing uh, out in, in space. And uh, northern lights, I don't know if you see them up here in Maine or not. We very seldom see them uh, where we live. What's that? Oh, yes. That's, that's a beautiful, yes. Now, a diamond, of course, is formed in darkness. It's in the rough. It's, it's in, in the depths of the earth. And um, also, in the depths of the oceans, they come up with these amazing pictures of sea creatures and animals. That's a pretty wicked-looking guy right there. And uh, this is a, um, I believe it's a, um, a jellyfish of some sort, and uh, down in the depths, and it lights up like this. And then, of course, dark caves have a way of showing beauty. When people discover these caves and they go in with light, they can see some amazing uh, scenes. So there, there are times in our life when we go through dark times. It might be illness. It may be uh, relationship issues. It might be financial. It might be a sudden death in a family member. It might even be the death of a vision. And often in those dark places, we don't really see a thing of beauty. It's like, Lord, what is happening? Why is this happening in my life? And so when we focus on the darkness or we focus on the uh, difficult situation we're in, all kinds of emotions can begin to arise up within us. Uh, it's natural that fear will come, that doubts may come, and anxiety, or maybe even anger or frustration. And the list goes on and on and on. I'm sure every one of us in this room have gone through and have experienced those emotions in our life, and maybe some of you are dealing with that right now. And Another sad thing, though, is I believe so many believers are going through life thinking of things that they've done in the past, dark times, and they somehow cannot get past that God has forgiven them, God has released them, God has uh, given to them uh, salvation. And so because of looking back to the dark time and the experiences that they have gone through, they are not able to proceed forward into the kingdom of God and his work that he has uh, for him. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, Bishop Jim Miller in New York City, he called me one day. He was so excited because a man that he had worked with uh, for a number of years 
Uh, it was one of the, a guy who lived on the street, and he had tried to help him uh, through his addictions and so forth. And he would take a step forward, then he would take a couple steps backward. He would disappear, and he'd come back. And and uh, it was really discouraging for uh, Bishop Jim because he wasn't making any progress. And then he just dropped out of sight altogether for, I think, three or four years. And then a couple of weeks ago, he showed up at the church, and he was so excited. He had been uh, free from drugs for nine months. He was faithfully serving the Lord. He was excited for the Lord. And uh, Bishop Miller was just so excited to see the transformation that had taken, part, uh, taken place in this man's uh, life. And so that's what the Spirit of God can do. He can transform us. I believe the main, um, the main point today is during dark and difficult times, let's discover the treasure that God has stored up for us. Let's trust that God does his best work in the dark. Sometimes in the darkest times, God does his greatest work in us if we allow him to, if we open up our heart to him. You know, seeds sitting on a shelf, they might look pretty in the packet, but they can do absolutely not, they're, they're, they're useless. Until you put them down into the dark ground, will they be able to spring forth under proper nourishment and bring forth uh, fruit? And the human embryo, it's formed in the darkness of a womb, and in time, a beautiful child is born. And of course, now we mostly have digital uh, pictures, but remember the time when a lot of pictures, or all pictures, were formed in the dark room. They would put them in the dark room. You couldn't have any light, and uh, at least not the, the natural kind of light. And then out of that dark room, beautiful pictures were brought forth. So we understand this principle in the natural realm, but I believe that we also must trust God to understand or to find the treasures of darkness when we're passing through difficult times in our life. A couple weeks ago, or about a month ago, uh, the regional overseer, uh, Daryl Minnick, as I'm sure all of you know, uh, he just went through uh, surgery, and then he had some complications, and for a week, he was in the hospital with a lot of pain and, and suffering, and uh, it was a very, very difficult experience. It was in touch with him almost on a daily basis, uh, trying to encourage uh, him and June along in that. Uh, he was feeling actually pretty, use, uh, pretty uh, hopeless in that situation. By the way, he's improving. Just uh, keep on praying for them uh, for a full recovery. Uh, his doctor said it may take two or three months till he has absolutely clean bill of health. But uh, in the meantime, let's just continue to pray that Darrell will experience that recovery in his life. But during that week, he was in the hospital. He found a treasure. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. And he found that grace in that dark time to, uh, in this psalm. For him, it was like a treasure. So how can we discover treasures of darkness? I just have uh, two main points. Number one, to believe that God can transform darkness into light. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, um, did I hit the wrong? Oops. I thought I had the verse. I don't. Okay, let's turn in our Bible to Genesis chapter 1. 
Genesis chapter 1. First book in the Bible, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so the treasure is that, sorry, the treasure is whenever the, whatever the darkness we're going through, the Spirit of God is hovering or moving and ready to do something new and creative in our life. And I think it's a principle that we can appreciate and, and embrace in our life in those dark times. Many, many years ago before HFC days, uh, Millie and I passed through a very, very difficult time in the ministry. And um, we felt, without going into any details, we felt some injustice was done. It was a very, very humbling uh, time in our life. And uh, during that time, we really tried to seek what is God saying, what is he doing. And I remember one of the treasures that we discovered during that time is that God's new day begins in the darkest time of the night. Midnight is the beginning of a new day in God's, in, in the calendar. And so sometimes in the darkest time, the Spirit of God is hovering over us to do something new, something creative in, in our life. And uh, you see, our natural self wants, as I said, wants to concentrate on the darkness. But as I said, this leads to confusion and frustration. Let's turn back to the text again in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 to 18, it says, It is written, therefore I believe, therefore I have spoken, what with that same spirit of faith we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though, I outwardly, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen? For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so, as I said earlier, as we read earlier in this chapter for, for, chapter, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light, in verse 6, to shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So his light, the light of Jesus, it's a transforming light. It's, a, it's a, a light when we allow the light of Jesus to shine into these situations. It helps to bring his perspective into what we are going through. We get a fresh perspective of his grace, of his love. Of I, re, I remember talking to Daryl after he came home, and he, uh, 
he said, um, and with, with emotion in his voice, he said, I just, I've, I feel so much the presence of the Lord in my life. And so he experienced that treasure. He experienced that perspective. And um, also in these dark times, sometimes we discover his divine purpose. It may take a while. Sometimes it may come quickly. Sometimes these dark periods seem to stretch on and on and on. And yet, nevertheless, we find God's grace and presence with us. I remember in that dark time I was uh, going through, during that period I was uh, painting uh, houses and uh, as a self-employed uh, painter uh, to, to make a living. And uh, it was in the wintertime and we were in this house one day and uh, I, it was a new, new home so they didn't have an indoor plumbing, uh, so they had one of these porta potties outside. And I went in there. It was a very cold day, and it was very windy. And I was sitting there, and this this little building was just kind of shaking back and forth. And I just felt like Satan was saying, "Look, you have failed. <clears throat> You're never going to succeed. You're not ever going to come out of this situation." And uh, you know, it was. Just, I just felt like he was putting his hands, his pressure down upon me in that situation. But I praise God. We did come through, and we did experience his grace and transformation through that time. So one of the things that we have to understand in these dark times, God is not against us. He is for us. And Jesus in our hearts is a treasure that's beyond any treasure that we can ever imagine. I think of so many people in the world who don't have hope. They're lost. They're just completely bent out of shape about circumstances in life. Why? Because they don't have the treasure Jesus within them. But even us as believers, sometimes we can allow that same hopelessness to creep up in us if we're not careful. But we need to allow the light, the light of his presence, his spirit, to shine in our hearts so that we can have a divine perspective. Now, the second point here this morning, we need to believe, how do we discover treasures of darkness? We need to believe that God looks out for us in the midst of the storm. And there's a number of examples we can look at. We're not going to look at them in depth. But I think of uh, Jesus uh, calming uh, the storm. Uh, in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, uh, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. He got in the boat. He went to sleep. And you remember the story of the storm came up, and the disciples were terrified. It was a dark night or afternoon, whatever time of day it was. And uh, finally, they cry out in desperation, Jesus. And uh, he woke up, and he rebuked the waves. He said, peace be still. And uh, finally, peace uh, came into their situation. You know, sometimes we need to just cry out, Jesus particularly when we feel the oppression of the enemy coming against us. Let's cry out, Jesus, help me, save me. I remember in my first year of ministry, uh, when we were in Belize, a first year of pastoral ministry, and um, there was this person in the church that was just like working. I was a young minister, uh, 27 years old or 28, and um, I, this one individual was just like working against me, like, when we would plan activities, uh, she would do, you know, plan some activity to counteract, and this went on and on and tried to talk to them. Oh, no, no, we're, 
we're with you and we're supportive and so on and so forth. And, uh, but it just got to the point where I just like, Lord, what do I do? And I remember one day going out to the coast. Nobody was around, kind of a forsaken place along the Caribbean Sea. And I really didn't know how to pray. All I said was, help. That's all I said. And uh, waited. And then I felt the voice of the Lord saying, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And this peace, this overwhelming peace came into my heart. And I went back. We dealt with the situation. And uh, God brought uh, light into that situation. Um, Joel Stuckey said, the storm is not where you face the enemy. The storm is where you meet your God. It is in adversity when we come to the end of ourselves that we see the power of God in our lives. And he goes on to say, relief from the storm is not the best thing that can happen to you. The best thing that can happen for you to be conformed is to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy can use the storm to make you anxious, afraid, hurt, and discouraged. God can use it to make you fearless, secure, and steadfast. And so I believe that this is a truth that all of us can pursue here this morning and realize in our life. Let's turn in a moment to uh, Psalm 18. Psalm 18. <clears throat> David was uh, being pursued by Saul and all of us, I'm sure, are familiar with the story of Saul trying to chase him down. And Dave, out of this adversity in David's life is when he wrote some of the most beautiful psalms. And so if we stop and listen in these dark times, I believe God will even uh, speak to us. And it's good to write down things. It's good to write down what God is saying to us. And we have this very familiar psalm uh, where he says in verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Verse 2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And, and then go over to verse uh, 16. It says, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me onto a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And so we can see here, David just realized the tremendous grace and blessing that God was to him. He was his anchor. He was his support. He was his fortress, his strength. And God wants to bring us into this spacious place. It may not, as I said, always come quickly or easily, but in the midst of whatever dark time we are going through, let's just discover the treasures of God's word, the verses, the meaningful uh, thoughts that he puts into our mind that speak to us. God desires to rescue us. It may not always be a rescue that's just like delivering us out of maybe a physical circumstance, but in the midst of even our physical circumstance, God can give us a verse that comforts us through the situation. And so 
I'm sure, again, all of you could probably testify here this morning of some situation in your life where you've discovered that treasure in darkness. God delights in him. In 2 Kings uh, chapter um, 4, verse 25 to 26, um, remember Elijah was um, this, this lady had given birth uh, to a son. Uh, she didn't expect that that could happen, but it did happen to make a long story short. But then one day the boy was out and he died. And so the Bible says, so she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in a distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's a Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? And then she said, everything is all right. Now, it wasn't all right. And yet somehow she mustered up the faith to say everything is all right. <clears throat> Sometimes when we're going through a test or a trial, again, it can be physical, it can be financial, whatever it is, we need to believe and trust that God is there with us. And even in the midst of it, everything is all right. Down deep in her soul, she was desperate. She believed that everything is all right, that God would bring about a solution. And that was a treasure that she discovered in darkness. <clears throat> a few years ago at our home congregation in Lancaster, um, there was a man, a brother in the church, who was putting Christmas decorations up in front of his house, and he fell off the ladder 15 feet above the ground and came down and hit his head on the cement. And uh, he was rushed to the hospital. Of course, his brain was swelling, and they had to take out a big piece of his skull in order to be able for the, uh, it to expand. And then they put him in a forced coma. Well, he was already unconscious, but they put him into a coma for several days. And they told his wife, it's very, they didn't give her any sense of hope whatsoever that he would even recover. She said it was extreme uh, brain damage. And that even if he does wake up, he may not know you, he may not recognize you, your family. And she was giving her all the worst possible outlook. Uh, our pastor uh, decided to have a 24-hour-a-day prayer for uh, this situation, put it online, and people could sign up when to go into the hospital, 12 noon or 12 midnight or any point uh, in between. And uh, we could go into the room, but they didn't allow any talking in the room. Uh, there was the machines and so forth. They wanted to keep just an even sound. And so, uh, but out in the waiting room, you could, you could talk and converse. And so groups of us would meet or pray, sometimes just one or two people. I remember going in the middle of the night, and there was a mother there with a little child, and they were uh, praying uh, in, in the room. About uh, four days into this, the wife said, almost these same words, everything is all right. And uh, it's like a faith sprung up within her that uh, some of us were like, okay, we, we don't want her to build up an expectation only to fall into a big disappointment, but we are praying. We're trusting God for a miracle. And so we continue to pray. After about a week, uh, they took him off 
of, they brought him out of the coma. He woke up, and uh, with signs he could recognize his wife, his children. They weren't sure if they could take out the trach, but eventually they did. He was able to talk. He told him of dreams that he had when he was in the coma. And uh, so uh, everything as far as communication was, it was just like normal. And the doctor, to be truthful, was very, very amazed. She took him out of uh, the hospital, out of constant care, put him in a rehab, and said it'll probably take about a month for you to be able to walk again, to walk in a normal way. They took him there, and within uh, two days, he was walking. And then they tried steps, and within a day or so, he was walking up the steps. And within a little over a week, he was out of the uh, rehab. So indeed, it was a miracle. And uh, even his surgeon, I think she was a Jewish lady, came to the uh, church and uh, testified, she said, in all her experience, she never saw anything like this. And, uh, it, and she said, we would have to define it as a miracle. And this was a lady who was not even really a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, it'd be wonderful if all situations ended like that. They don't always happen that way. But somehow, when they do, we can rejoice. Uh, oh, with his skull, he had this big piece out. They kept it in a refrigerator at the hospital for six months. He had a helmet, which he didn't always wear. He was supposed to. And uh, he had a family, like four, four children. The couple of youngers were very rambunctious. And to be truthful, we were a bit concerned about the situation in his house. But um, God protected him. He went back into the hospital. They said it'll probably take about a week for this skull uh, to get everything situated and mended up so that he can go on his way. And I think he went to the hospital on Thursday, and on Sunday morning he was at church. And uh, again, God did something quicker than what the doctor had anticipated. So, like I said, not all situations or stories end that way, but it gives us faith to know that sometimes the most disparate situations, God can work. But if he doesn't work that way, to know that we can still find treasures in darkness, whatever circumstance we're going through. Well, we could talk about uh, many other stories about the three uh, Hebrew men and Daniel. says, we know God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we won't worship your God. So uh, they had that confidence. And then remember Job. He was languishing in his wounds and pain. And one day he discovered a treasure. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. And so Job, in the midst of his negative friends and the boils and the suffering it is in, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. It was a treasure one day that he discovered in darkness. We could talk about Jeremiah, about Jonah, about Paul and Silas in prison. I would like to conclude uh, with a story. Um, there was a missionary couple. I got this from the Voice of the Martyrs magazine. Uh, just recently, there was a missionary couple in uh, Central Africa Republic, uh, Donna and Ron, 
and they faithfully served in Africa for 35 years. And um, in the impoverished Central African Republic, more than one million of the country's five million residents have been forced out of their homes by ongoing conflicts and cruelty of their countrymen. So people are living in these, uh, by, the mil by the hundreds of thousands, in these uh, kind of uh, building situations. And so um, they said, um, on Good Friday 2017, the relative peace of their mission station was shattered in a violent attack by Seleka rebels who since 2012 have waged a brutal violent campaign to overthrow the government. We were warned of the possibility of an impending attack, Ron said, and then within 30 minutes, we heard gunfire in our town. All Christians in the area were either killed or driven into the forest and forced to live off the land while the rebels made way for Muslims to occupy the town. It says, eventually, we returned to the town, and uh, Ron's response to the loss was powerful, biblical, and instructive. Emotional and on the verge of tears, he told me, it was a deep, deep hurt for me to realize that what took generations of mission efforts to build was all destroyed. We lost the whole thing, but not the privilege of being able to put it on the altar of Christ. Uh, the buildings were destroyed. And, uh, but the treasure that dwelled within the people, that was not destroyed, even though many uh, were killed. I would not change, he said, the cost of what I have done for God. It is so valuable. Everything I can give is worth it. When I stand before the Lord, I will say, thank you for allowing me to spend my life on things that count for your eternal kingdom. And thank you for allowing me to share in the sufferings of Christ. He found that treasure in the darkness. So you may be here this morning. I'm sure in an audience this size, there's individuals going through difficult circumstances, challenging situations that you're facing. But this morning, let's allow our hearts to be warmed by the fact that Jesus is that perfect treasure. And in the dark times, he is there to speak to us, to minister to us, to give us life, to give us hope, to give us his peace, to give us his joy and grace. It's our inheritance in Christ Jesus. And uh, sometimes I don't mean to minimize any hardship, anything that anyone is going through this morning, but sometimes when we look at situations like this where people by the hundreds of thousands are living in extreme poverty. Sometimes it does put in perspective some of the things that we're going through uh, in our life. Nevertheless, that does not minimize issues that you may be facing here this morning. But at the same time, maybe while you're going through the trial or I'm going through the trial, maybe may we be remembering these individuals and many like them who are facing very, very difficult and challenging times. And may we discover afresh and anew that treasure in the darkness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you so much for your eternal word. I thank you, God, that there is nothing too difficult for you. And even though we face so many difficulty challenges in our life, and we look around the world and we see 
the distress and the turmoil. Lord, I thank you that as your children, as we walk in your grace and in the authority of the word, Lord, that we can be an instrument of hope to the world in which we live in. Even while we're going through dark times, we ourselves can be a special instrument of hope to those other individuals that we come in contact with because we understand we can identify issues that uh, they're going through because we likewise have suffered. And so, Father, today I just pray special grace upon anyone here this morning who is facing a very difficult challenge, even as I speak here this morning, that they and all of us together, Father, will discover treasures in darkness. Let us pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I think there's one more thing I wanted to share. Never despair of darkness. In it, God wants to shine his light, reaffirm his love for you, lift you up, guide you into a new place, encourage you, bless you, and so much more. Amen.